There are a lot of political debates going on right now. And we know how it works. The politicians will say what they need to say. And if they win the election, we'll see if they keep and do everything they said they'd do. Politicians know what they need to say so that they can get elected. Of course, we understand that politicians aren't the only one who understand this. We too understand that sometimes if you say the right thing, that can be enough. Saying the right thing might be enough to get you elected or put into a position, but we know that doesn't fly in God's kingdom. Entrance into God's kingdom is far different. This morning we see Jesus warning about simply speaking what is right and merely saying the truth. And we see him saying that in Matthew chapter 21 as he speaks to those who need to hear that call and understanding of what it is to not just say what is right, but to turn aside from what is evil. We'll consider that this morning as we see Jesus' words and we see entrance into the kingdom of God is through true repentance. Jesus was speaking to the elders and the chief priests as well as the people in the temple courtyards. And those elders and chief priests, they had heard John the Baptist earlier, years earlier, speaking of repentance. But they completely dismissed John's call to repentance. And so you can understand how they'd be upset at Jesus and his call to repentance. Repentance is not really anything that's ever been popular for anyone. Certainly if you look at the, the teachings that are found in the church today, one that quite often seems to be lacking or sometimes even missing is the call to repent. And it's not just something that you'll see in the, the larger churches, it's something you'll see in the smaller churches too. I did a, a quick survey of the churches in our small town here, not of what they taught, but what have people thought of them. And I looked at the on-ring reviews that people left of the churches in the area. And sure enough, a lot of the people that reviewed the area churches mentioned all the things that they liked, that it was a place where they felt welcome, or that the people there welcomed them, or sometimes that the, the message they heard made them feel good. But not really any mention of the idea of repentance. You know, if you go to a church and that church manages to only leave you feeling only comfortable all the time, that church might be missing what John the Baptist and what Jesus also preached. There was one reviewer that left a review mentioning how their church that she visited had given a 50-minute message on the need for the gospel. And that's good. Only the reviewer had to point out in that 50-minute message there was not even one single mention of the idea of repentance. Another church, a smaller one, received a review by someone that did mention repentance. That reviewer gave them a one-star review because she did not like the call to repent or the need to repent. Repentance has never been popular. And maybe we can understand why when the people heard this message from Jesus, especially the spiritual leaders heard it, they interrupted his teaching and they demanded him to give a reason why he could be speaking and calling people to repent. But does this surprise us when we hear how people respond to the message of repentance? Isn't it also our hearts that don't like to hear that need to turn aside from that sin 
or turn aside from something that we might be clinging to or committing and to regard it, regard it as evil. Jesus' call to repent is a universal need that our hearts need as well. And the, the call to repent is something that Jesus had to explain to them with the parable. He explains it to them saying, there were two sons and the father said to one of his sons, go today and work in my vineyard. That son was rebellious and said, no, I will not. Later on, changed his mind. That is, he repented and did what his father asked. The other son said, yes, father, yes, sir, I will. But then didn't go. So Jesus had to ask, which one of these did what his father asked? The answer is obvious. It's the one who, though he rebelled, changed his mind, that is, repented, and then did what his father asked. See, both sons that Jesus presents had done evil. One of them started with a wicked intent and hated what his father wanted him to do and rebelled. The other one also rebelled, but he knew what to say. And he knew that if you say the right thing at the right time, you can sometimes get away with it and offered lip service, but then later on also hated what his father wanted him to do and didn't do it. Both sinned, only one repented. Now as we listen to Jesus' explanation, we might think that we'd want to be that, that one that recognized our sin, that, that repented and turned aside from it. But aren't we also that one who sometimes offers up lip service and said, well, I'm serving you, God. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. Consider how sometimes we'll say what is good. And maybe sometimes we'll even think we can put it off and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get around to serving God in the future. But what the father said to that son in the parable is today, Go work in my vineyard. If today we say we'll do something for God but fail to do it, we sin against our God and we lie. To fail to serve God today is to sin. Which mindset do you fall in today? Consider the Ten Commandments. We, we might say, well, I'll never break the first commandment and worship any other God. But what's on your mind and Foremost in your heart today, as God put first in your thoughts, words, and actions, do you love, fear, and trust in him above all things? Some Christians will put their careers, their leisure, or sports, or their wealth, and things that they'll trust or love above their God. Secret idolatry takes hold of their heart. Though they may offer lip service, their heart is not always following God's command. Or we might say, I'm, I'm not breaking the second commandment. God, I use your name to, to worship, and I don't misuse it. But do we always call and pray and use his name as we ought? And someone could say, I'm not breaking the third commandment because I set aside time for worship. But are there times where we don't treasure his word as we ought, but like maybe that first son, regarded as a mere chore that we despise? Or the fourth commandment, well... We could say, Lord, I, I honor those in authority, but what about politicians? Do you sometimes mock those who are in authority? And then there's more. We could say the fifth commandment. Lord, I've never murdered, but do you help those in need, everyone in need? And Lord, I, I've never had adultery. I've never broken the sixth commandment. 
We may be able to keep pure in our speech, but what about in our thoughts? What about in our actions? I could go on. We could continue to list those commands which our Father has given to us today and demands perfection. Yes, sometimes we are like that, that first son that outright rebels, but aren't we also that son who offers up lip service and yet fails to complete or carry out the commands of our Father? The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the elders interrupted Jesus because they thought this call to repentance was one that didn't apply to them, like that second son, the one who can say, Lord, I have kept your will, but the entrance to God's kingdom is not found through mere lip service. Jesus went on to explain after his parable, I tell you, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, they are entering God's kingdom ahead of you because when John came preaching the way of righteousness, they repented, they believed him. But still you, you did not believe. Entrance to the kingdom of God is never obtained through mere lip service, but through repentance. And don't misunderstand, Jesus doesn't say that by the right word or by the right deed that the sinners, the tax collectors and prostitutes were entering into God's kingdom. No, he says they believed John, who came to them with the way of righteousness. The way of righteousness is found in a righteousness which we could never obtain before our Father. It's a way that turns aside from sin with repentance. Repentance isn't just saying or acknowledging that we, we did wrong. No, repentance is understanding and seeing the wrong that we've done as evil in all of its ugliness, turning aside from our sin rather than clinging onto it and hating it, and turning to the mercy of God and his righteousness. The way of righteousness is found in the one true obedient son. When Jesus came, he did not come like a politician, merely saying the right thing. But Jesus said, I've come to do my Father's will and in perfect obedience. For all the times that we failed to keep our Father's will, he kept it. For all the times that we re rebelled against our Father's commands, he never once did, but came as the perfect, holy Son of God in righteousness, living that righteous life that we could not, so that the Father could say, coming down, look, the voice from heaven, this is my Son. With him I am well pleased. Entrance to the kingdom is found only through him and through the righteousness that he brings us. The righteousness that Jesus gives us as we turn from our sin to trusting in him. It's the righteousness that allowed the tax collectors and the sinners to enter into the kingdom of God. It's the righteousness that allows you and I to enter the kingdom of God, which comes through Christ. And in such perfect and holy obedience that Jesus had, he obeyed his Father's will to the point of giving up his life. So he could not only give us the righteousness that we lack, but he could take away our sin and the punishment that we deserved. And by his suffering and death on the cross, remove all unrighteousness. So we stand before God in righteousness and holiness. You know, as we look at this, the politicians certainly do promise many things, and we know they'll, they'll fail to keep them. So do we. We know that entrance to God's kingdom can't be found 
simply by saying the right thing, but it is by turning from our sin and believing the one who comes in righteousness and in him finding entrance to the kingdom. And with that entrance to the kingdom, yes, producing fruits of faith, loving what is good, goodness, fruits of faith worked by God. Those tax collectors and sinners will stand before God, the living Jesus, and we will see them. Those who have entered into the kingdom of God and entered into eternal life. Can you picture heaven? In heaven you will find the prostitutes. In heaven you will find tax collectors. Those who believed that preaching of repentance and who turned to the way of righteousness in Christ. And yes, you'll even find there politicians, those who didn't keep their word. And together with them all, we enter through faith in Christ, entrance into the kingdom of God through true repentance. Amen.